Welcome, Impactful Parents. It's time for the Impactful Parenting Podcast, where I give you parenting tips and resources to make you a more impactful parent to your school-age child. I am your host, Christina Campos. Into connection with their adolescent. I offer parent education videos every week, online courses, and coaching. And if that wasn't enough, I bring experts in on other fields onto the Impactful Parent stage to teach you even more. And today I have a special guest. Her name is Ashley Bartley. And Ashley is a school counselor. She's an author and a curriculum writer. She has five published children's books and is the creator of an online business called Counselor Station, where she develops curriculum and resources for school counselors. But today, Ashley is going to give us tips for helping our kids with productivity and school transitions and even a little bit of school anxiety. So I'm excited to hear what she has to say. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. One of the things I want to ask you right off the bat is how do we get our kids to manage their time? Because in the morning, I know in general, it's just so hard to get out the door. It's so hard for us. And there's, you always, you always have that one kid that doesn't give a crap about where you're going <laughs> and wants to go slow, or maybe just doesn't really want to get to school and all of that not only in the morning, that's just when I, I know it, like the tensions are the highest, but it's all the time. And we're just trying to get our kids just to learn how to manage time <laughs> so that we can run our house more smoothly. What kind of recommendations do you have for us? One thing I do that um, I've done in the last couple of years is I load my car up as soon as I wake up. I do that before I do anything else. Um, so that when it is time to leave, everything is in the car. And the only thing that we need are the kids. <laughs> and so they, they can jump in, but we have all the backpacks and lunch boxes and everything um, in there first thing. So a lot of that work, you know, happens the night before. So we pack lunches the night before, make lunch choices, pick out um, clothes, you know, that they're going to be wearing and um, have their backpacks packed and in, in a designated spot where we can find them in the morning. And what about for time management in general? How do we help our yeah. kids learn that? Yeah, that that's a hard one because I think the first thing you really have to do is help them create boundaries. So you have to, as a family, come up with, you know, what's important to you. Um, I know with my kids, like if each one has more than one activity that multiplies so fast. So in my family, we say, you know, each kid can have one activity right now. And that way we can prioritize dinner time as a family and time together and a little bit more flexibility with being able to do homework and things like that. Um, but I teach kids in fifth grade um, at my school. I use the analogy of, a, of juggling balls. I say it's really hard to juggle um, if you've never practiced it before, but it is possible and we, I showed them how one juggling ball represents like their chores and responsibilities at home. One represents their homework and the things they need to do for school. And one represents something fun for themselves because that's just as important too. Um, and I say to kind of build their time around those three things, you know, doing, making sure you do your homework, making sure you do something responsible to help out um, and then something for fun. And then they also add in, of course, hygiene tasks like showers and stuff um, and mealtime. And then once they have those in place and some of those things can happen in the morning, like if they make their bed in the morning, that could count if that's their chore or feeding, you know, their pets. Um, they do that in the morning. They can kind of cross that off the list. Um, and then 
once they have that in place, um, that just helps because I think a lot of kids get home and they want to get on their devices right away. And all of a sudden, like, you know, they start watching YouTube and they've been on YouTube for hours and they, it's time to go to baseball practice and they haven't done their homework and they haven't, you know, done anything they need to do. So I kind of pick out those three main things and teach them to just designate a time when they're going to do those. Um, I always say like, there's not, you know, one right time to do homework unless your, your parents say like, you have to do it as soon as you get home. Um, I know for me growing up, I preferred to do my homework late at night. I'm a night owl. It's like almost 930 here right now and I'm wide awake. Um, so that's when I would do my homework. So it doesn't really matter when it's more of just making sure that they're, that they know, you know, like on Tuesdays I have football practice. So on Tuesdays, that's going to look a little bit different. So I need to kind of map out how I'm going to spend that time. It might be with a planner, um, or like a calendar in their bedroom or on their bedroom door um, or on the fridge and just kind of have like a, I have my students make like a sample sheet of, of just a typical weekday afternoon to help remind them, um, you know, for that season, what, what it should look like just so that they don't get, you know, on their phones and then we've lost them for the rest of the evening. I love a, what you're saying. And there's a couple things I need to reiterate because I just want the audience to understand and like, get this. Um, if you work in schools, we do this all the time. It's all about systems and routines and expectations. Um, however, if you're not in the schools, like, like we have been, um, then it's not intuitive for parents to automatically set up these kinds of things, but they're so important. And one of the things that I wanted to note that you have been saying is that when the child does this, and this is when the child does this, and this is when the child does that. Yeah, the child is taking responsibility and having responsible. That's how a child learns responsibilities. You have to give it to them. They have, have yeah. to be responsible for something, even if it's just for themselves. Knowing when to brush your teeth, knowing when to get your stuff ready for the next day, knowing what kind of gear you need for your practice. And of course, it increments, of course, it gets incrementally more difficult as a child gets older, right? So I just want to point that out to parents. I love that you're giving your child autonomy over their own life. They have to be responsible for them. Now, on top of that, you're also talking about um, routines and with routines, it's all about expectations. So what do we expect as parents for our kids to do so that we don't have to because they're very capable? <laughs> like if they can pick their stuff out the night before, make their lunch, get that all ready, let it lay it out. That needs to become a routine because it is your expectation as a parent that they're going to do that. So you can't expect a kid to do something and then not show them how to do it and then make it consistent because right. then they're like, I don't know when I do it. And sometimes I do it then and sometimes I do it here. And the expectation can get a little bit more complicated as a child gets older. For example, on Tuesdays, you do this, but on Wednesdays, right. you do something different. Yeah. But in the beginning, if you've got a very young child, you want those routines to be very consistent every day of the week as much as possible. And again, your routine equals your expectations. So just keep that in mind, parents, whatever it is that you want your kids to help you out with, that's what you need to create a routine for in your house. It sounds amazing. Am I hitting it right? Is that what you're saying, right? 
Yes, exactly. And I think routines, you know, are comforting to kids. Like they might try to test your boundaries, but I think it really does create that sense of safety and expectation for the kids too. So how can I establish routines in my home to make that morning go more smoothly? Sometimes I like to pair um, different um, tasks together. So, you know, maybe in the morning you eat breakfast and take your medicine and you you pair those two things together or you get up and you brush your teeth and then you put on, you know, your outfit for the day. So if you can kind of pair different tasks, um, we recently gave our kids their own alarm clocks. And so that's been really nice um, because that kind of starts the wake up process before we get in there. Um And then again, like you were saying, just with the systems, you know, we have a system for where to keep their shoes, where to keep their socks, where to keep their backpacks. So all of that is ready to go um, in the morning. And that's not something that we need to look for or anything like that. Yeah. And it's very consistent. We got to be consistent as parents so that it like drives it home. That consistency, it does bring a lot of comfort to kids. When a parent can be consistent, it just alleviates a lot of anxiety, a lot of that. I don't know what's going on because you're consistent. They know it's it's so important. So I want to ask you about separation anxiety, because as we talk about morning routines, now we get our child to school And sometimes even our little bit older kids have this separation anxiety is so common. So we get there, we finally got there and now we have a meltdown. So that's frustrating. What strategies would help support children experiencing separation anxiety so that we can minimize that? Yeah, this has become more of a problem, especially since the pandemic. Kids have always had separation anxiety, but it's it's definitely more prevalent now, even in the upper grades, like you said. Um, the first piece of advice I always try to give is if if it's possible for kids to ride the bus and the separation can happen in the home instead of in front of the school building, that is really helpful. Obviously, there are times when kids can't ride the bus. My own kids can't ride the bus because we're special permission. So, you know, that's not always going to be the case. Um, so once they get to school, if you are with them, the parent or whoever drops them off just needs to say a quick goodbye and go um, so that the child can go ahead and get settled into the classroom. And I know that sounds, you know, it sounds kind of mean and and um, it's not the case at all. It's just that you want to, you, you know, you want your kid to know you're leaving. You don't want to sneak away or anything like that. Um, But the more you linger, the harder it's going to be for everybody. Um, It's going to be disruptive to the other kids and to the teacher. And um, so I know with starting with the pandemic um, at our school, we we put in a policy where kids where parents couldn't walk their kids to class anymore. And it is amazing how how much better kids do um, being able to come into the school and go straight to their classroom now instead of like lingering at their classroom door with their parents and, you know, getting all the kids upset and it's very stressful. So um, saying a quick goodbye and then, you know, just having maybe a goodbye ritual, like a special handshake or special thing you say um, is good. And then, you know, in extreme cases, you might want to have a designated couple of people, you know, that will walk the child in and um, maybe they can carry like a transition object, like a special stuffed animal in their backpack or a little, picture or bracelet they can wear something that reminds them of home. So those are all things that can kind of help make it more, make it more of a seamless transition for them. So what I'm hearing you say is that 
even though it breaks my heart to see my child <laughs> crying and going, mom, and the arms are out there and the tears are coming. I need to make it quick and I need to walk yes. away. Yes. And and it's hard to tell parents that, but it really does help. Um, and once the child gets to their classroom, nine times out of 10, you know, they're distracted, they're busy. Um, we can send the parent a quick text to say, hey, I just checked on your child. They gave me a thumbs up. They were smiling, you know, and that way everybody is, you know, the, the parents aren't worried about their kids all day long. It just usually just takes a couple of minutes and they get settled. Now, the other transition that's really difficult is for the older kids. And it's that <laughs> transition between elementary school and middle school. Now, I have taught these grade levels for many years and extensively. So I know I've seen it over and over again, how difficult that transition could be because the expectations completely change from elementary to middle school. Um, so how do we help our kids transition better there? Yeah, I have a fifth grader right now going into middle school next year. So this is like my sweet spot. I love teaching this um, to my fifth graders. Well, I always start by seeing what they're worried about. You know, I ask them and that's something parents can do with their kids. They can say like, you know, what are your thoughts about middle school? How are you feeling about it? What are what are questions you have? They might have things they're worried about that haven't crossed our minds. Um, I will say the most common worries seem to be about lockers, <laughs> opening lockers and getting stuffed in lockers. So I always say nobody's stuffing anybody in lockers. And um, I if so if you're a parent, you could easily just grab a combination lock like from the store and have your child practice over the summer with it and learn that muscle memory of right, left, right to open it. Um, and that will alleviate so much stress because it's kind of that fear of the unknown. They don't know how a locker works and they, they just don't have, you know, they're not convinced that they can do it. Um, so at school, I know I make sure that every child in fifth grade knows how to open a combination lock before they leave us. And we do all kinds of fun things like relay races with them and stuff. Um, if you, if your middle schools offer an opportunity for an orientation or open house or tour, that's a great thing to take advantage of. Um, go on that tour as a family and kind of hear what questions are asked. You know, you could prepare your child and ask them to think of good questions they might ask on the tour. Um, but seeing the school can be, and they might've already seen it from sports they do and stuff or older siblings, but seeing the school is going to help because, you know, when your mind doesn't know something, you tend to kind of fill in the gaps and with worries and things. And so if they can walk around and see that school and just, you know, you see, you see things on the wall, you see posters of upcoming events, you just, you know, you kind of get excited looking around and just seeing, you know, what, and everything's bigger and the, the gym is cool. And there, you know, there's just so much to be excited about that. I think when they get the tour, they, they start to see that it becomes real. Yeah, it certainly does become real. And so does the change of not having a homeroom teacher and having to travel from one class to the next class to the next class. And I know that causes a lot of anxiety in kids because they're like, oh my gosh, you mean I'm not going to have just one? How am I going to remember? Am I going to find my classes? How right. can I find yeah. them? Like, so what suggestions do you have for that? Because I know everybody's thinking about it. Yeah, they always think of that, that they're going to get lost. And what I do is I say, well, do you remember when you came to our school? You know, how long did it take you to learn your way around our school? And especially like to hear kids that have been there since kindergarten, it's helpful for them to hear other kids in their class who came in later. And those kids will say like, oh, I came in fourth grade. It took me three days to learn my way around. Well, three days, that doesn't sound too scary. So just, you know, you can ask your, 
child, like remember back when you were little and you started at school, you know, it, it didn't take that long to, to figure everything out. And how do you remember your teacher's names? You just show up and you learn them. You know, it's not really something you can practice ahead of time um, unless you wanted to go to the school website with your child. But, you know, those are all things they'll pick up when they get there. So just having that that conversation with them is helpful. Now, if people are listening to this and are resonating with everything that you have to say, where can they find you and how can you help them if they reach out? Sure. I am um, at counselorstation.com. That's my website. That's also my Instagram handle and Facebook uh, is Counselor Station as well. Um, so any of those places and they can DM me or they can email me um, or you know visit my website. I have all kinds of blogs about different topics. Um, so they can, they can reach out and I'm pretty easy to find if you look up counselor station. I hope today's episode brought value to your day. And if you want to become a more impactful parent, download the impactful parent app, the impactful parent app is free to download and full of episodes just like this one that are going to help you in your parenting journey. So carry help and tips and parenting resources right in your pocket so that you can refer to it when you need it most. Plus when you download the impactful parent app, you're also joining a community of like-minded parents that want to do the best they can for their kids. So download the app because it's free and discover new techniques to make your parenting more effective. All of this and so much more can literally be right in your pocket. So download the app today and you got nothing to lose. So go to your app store and type in Impactful Parent and I'll be there. Or even easier, go to theimpactfulparent.com and click the link. I hope that you enjoyed today's episode, but until next time, you got this, parents. I'm just here to help. Thank you for listening today. Remember to subscribe and share this podcast with a friend. And don't forget, the Impactful Parenting Podcast is an extension of the Impactful Parent community. Go to the Impactful Parent website and download the free Impactful Parent app so you don't miss a parenting tip that can help you and your family. Thanks for listening today. So go to theimpactfulparent.com and see you next episode.